If you are able, will you please stand for the call to worship? Rejoice, for God has sent the Messiah. To proclaim liberty to the captives. The mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. be seated and as you are let me welcome everyone to worship here at Southside uh, today it's good to see you all and to join together in worshiping the one true and living God we would like to extend a special welcome to those who are guests today and and let you know that we're delighted that you chose to be here when you could have gone any other place but you're here and worshiping with us and for that we are very privileged Southside Baptist Church is a church here in the heart of Five Point South, built on an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And we do so by hopefully every week welcoming everyone that comes in, uh, just as Jesus would with arms open wide, affirming you and who you are, but also that we are stating to you that we are 
uh, a group of followers of Christ who seek to be the people God calls us to be day by day, doing the things we can do for his community. We would like to uh, also have a record of your attendance. If you would uh, be kind enough to fill out one of the cards on the pew or in the pew rack in front of you, you can drop that in the offering plate later, and we'll have a record of your attendance uh, with us today. On the reverse side, there's a place you can include or you can write a prayer request if there's some particular concern that you have that you would like us to remember in prayer. We also pass a piece of Christ each week, and so we want you to welcome those who are around you by passing the peace of Christ, letting them know that you desire the peace of Christ to be with them. don't think we have any of our little ones with us today so we will uh well there's if there are those that want to come down our children will i'll be here at the front to meet you if olivia no okay there are two coming in over here though right Each, each week that we come up front and see the children and talk with them, a part of it is to, uh, for us to be reminded of uh, what Jesus has said to us, that um, is that those who are like little children coming unto him, that they are indeed what the kingdom is. Pure, innocent, void of all of the ideas and, and um, preconceived notions that we might have as we grow older. Let me ask you something this, though. Um, you know, if, you know, Jade, <laughs> I still haven't got it. <laughs> Jade, Jade, would you come to me for a moment? Okay. Well, I just want to talk to you for a second, okay? And we'll get well next time, all right? You know, when my little girl and little boy with this size, I know that one of the things that we did was that we would, a little bit older, we would always hold them and then when they began to talk, we would say, well, how much do you love me? 
And you know what they would say? They would demonstrate it by holding their arms way apart and say, I love you this much, this much. Well, you know, that's what God tells us to. He says, and I love you so much, Jade, Willow, Bo, Jamie, Caroline, and Maddie, all of us that are here. God loves us so much that he has even sent his own son that we can know him and we can live with that knowledge always. But he also says to all of us who are here in the church to say, you need to show these little ones the kind of love that I want you to demonstrate all people. And so we want to love on them and see them grow and become little girls and young women. And hopefully we'll be around long enough to see all of that. And you're going to get there quicker than I thought, I think. But we want to always do our best to love you. And, you know, she's almost walking. (laughs) And to say to, to you, Jamie, and to all the others that we know that God loves us this much and that we can also love God that much and wrap our arms around him and demonstrate that to these little ones, but also know that he is always with us, loving us and nurturing us. Let's offer prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day and for these little ones. We ask the Lord that you would be with them all, guide them, and may we remember always that you love us even as a good parent loves her children, that you love us even more. May we always remember and trust in Christ's name.
seated. Old Testament scripture is Psalm 27, verse 1, verses 4 through 9. The Lord is my light and my salvation. He protects me from danger. Whom shall I fear? The one thing I want from God, the thing I seek most of all, is the privilege of meditating in his temple, living in his presence every day of my life delighting in his incomparable perfections and glory. There I'll be when trouble comes. He will hide me. He will set me on a high rock, out of reach of my enemies. Then I will bring him sacrifices and sing his praises with much joy. Listen to my pleading, Lord. Be merciful and send the help I need. My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me, O oh my people. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Oh, I do not hide yourself when I am trying to find you. Do not angrily reject your servant. You have been my help in all my trials before. Don't leave me now. Don't forsake me, O oh God of my salvation. gospel reading today is from the gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter, verses 12 through 23. This passage is one that is sandwiched between two that we read often, that is the baptism of Jesus and the temptation of Jesus, but then following that is the Sermon on the Mount. And so this is sandwiched in, we, we read it um, periodically, but maybe not as often as we read uh, those other portions. In honor of the gospel, would you please stand as it's read, if you're able. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people live in darkness, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. 
as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, <clears throat> Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net in the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. be seated. If you join me in prayer, please. Eternal God, in this holy place we gather to experience this time of corporate worship. We bow acknowledging your presence with us always that you know all there is to know about us, even those things that we hold in the dark recesses of our heart. We thank you, Lord, that you have made provisions for us through Jesus the Christ, that you have loved us so much that as we receive that, that you have blessed us with, we find life abundant and free. Lord, sometimes we struggle to know exactly what you want from us or for us. We struggle even knowing when to act and when to be still and to listen. We find ourselves filling our schedules with activities and commitments. Many of them good things for others and ourselves, yet we struggle with knowing you with the depth and the intimacy that we desire. And then we know you really want for us. Oh, Lord, I ask that you would renew our spirit. Enable us to feel the fresh wind of your spirit across our hearts. Help us see and understand the need to retreat and to find those quiet places where you rekindle that spirit within us, where you refresh our soul, you renew us day by day. Our time alone with you, O oh God, is indeed time that is necessary for our well-being, for our health, for our hope for tomorrow. We ask, O oh Lord, also that you would help us see the needs around us and that also in those needs we would see you in their midst. From a small child to a person in physical need, one who is recovering from surgery, one who is grieving today. 
those who find themselves with chronic pain and struggling. Those who wonder what they should do with their life and how they might follow you more closely. We pray, Lord, that you would bring by your spirit encouragement and strength. We also pray, Lord, for those around the world who are caught in harm's way, those who find themselves faced with violence, with war, those who are innocent and caught in the middle, may you protect them. For those in positions of making decisions, O oh Lord, may you guide them and may they respond to your guidance. May all make decisions that are wise in your sight. We pray for our country and the division that we find ourselves experiencing. For those within and leadership positions, may there be civility exerted and may they move with a sense of, of love for all people. Lord, there's so much pain and so much hatred, so much prejudice, so much ill will that is spoken, words that cut deeply, words that leave great and deep scars. We pray, Lord, for all of those who would be in positions to move wisely in all that they do. We pray, Lord, that you would be with this congregation as we continue to find out and follow your will, to listen and discern your spirit's guidance, to know that you are with us as you have been, and you lead us to new and greater things in the future. Hear our prayer now, O Lord, as we, your children, pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
heard a voice from the back. And I wondered if it's because he heard his dad's voice. If it was, it's wonderful. It's wonderful if it's not, because we always love to hear those voices as, as um, they speak out. Back in the summer of 77, which is way before many of you were alive, at least a few of you, my wife Dawn and I moved from southeast Alabama to Birmingham to continue our education. We were a young married couple, leaving the small Alabama town that had been Dawn's hometown since, well, it had been all her life, and it had been mine for the last four years. It was a bold step for us, leaving home. Even though we were married, we were barely 20 years old. Going to Birmingham or moving to Birmingham to start school at Sanford and finding ourselves to be a minority of sorts, married in at Sanford with no money and, and little uh, belongings, but yet we were there. We knew it was the right thing for us to do, and we knew it was the right time. Now, in the journey of life, we all have those moments where we make a decisive decision. There's a, it's a bold action, really. It's a point where we can choose to go one way or another, or we can stay right where we are. And if we do, we know that things will be different. Things will be perhaps better, perhaps not. But we know when the time is right and we know that it is what we should do. Whether it's going, leaving for college, whether it is going into the military, choosing a spouse or not choosing a spouse, making a career change along the way, starting a business, all those things are times when a bold action is, is required. Where you rest in the belief that what you're doing with great intentionality, that the time is right, and you let go of much of what's behind. In our text today, that's what we hear. We read of Jesus doing that. He makes a bold move. He leaves what is to be expected of him, perhaps, in the area that John the Baptist was. I mean, John the Baptist said, here comes one greater than I. He is going to be greater. I am going to be lesser. So one would say, well, he's taking up the mantle to go on just like uh, with, with prophets of old. But soon after he hears that John the Baptist has been arrested, he decides to go back to Galilee. And so he makes that journey from that region near Jerusalem where all the things that happen really happen and goes to a small town, Nazareth. And he tells his mother, I'm leaving home. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about what it would have been to her, but he goes to Nazareth and he says, I'm moving. He had to have told her because he makes his home in Capernaum. He leaves that region and he starts up his ministry in a place that is a small little village, certainly not where anyone would expect a movement to take place, nothing of any big consequence. William Barclay in his um, 
commentary on this states about this move, about how symbolic it is, how really strong of a statement it was for Jesus to do this because, as he says, in that moment Jesus left his home never again to return to live in it. It is as if he shut the door behind him before he opened the door that stood in front of him. It was a clean cut between the old and the new. One chapter was ending or ended and another begun. And to life, there comes these moments of decision where bold action is needed. It was symbolic in a way, but it was also an act that was very obvious to those around. It was something that was necessary because the time was right. Jesus was very intentional in it. He was going to make sure that it was known. I'm making this statement. I'm making this move. I'm beginning something new. And so he goes to Capernaum. It's also interesting that both in the Isaiah passage that is for today, we did not read that, but in that passage it mentions these two small towns, Zebulon, well, uh, Nazareth and Naphtali, in the regions of Zebulon and Naphtali. Both of those were regions that were a part of the land allotted to the descendants of Jacob. Both Zebulon and Naphtali were sons of Bilhah, who was a particular, was a uh, servant, basically, to their household. And so this land was not one that was viewed as being highly known or respected because they were the first ones carried into captivity when the Assyrians, Assyrians overran Israel. But as, as Jesus begins, he begins this way and he says this, in that moment with all of that symbolic or symbolism with it, the reality of what is taking place, he says, from that point on, he began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, John said something similar to that. John the Baptist said something similar to that, but Jesus is saying it's come near, near in the sense of right here, not out there in the future, it is here. Now, we struggle sometimes, and maybe we have misdescribed uh, this or misrepresented it, because typically, Churches in general, we've said something about that kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven is in the sweet by and by. But it's here and there. It's both now and not yet. It is that which we experience that is bringing, brings wholeness to life, makes it full, and also enables us to serve the one who's created us, who has brought us into this, into this place. Jesus went out, the scripture also says that Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming good news to the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And he did this after he had called Peter and Andrew and James and John. Wherever Jesus went, there were three things that he was, were his objectives, always. He was, it was to call people, it was to heal people, and it was to liberate them. To call people, heal them, and liberate them. And, and you see that time and time again through Scripture that he calls people to follow. That he says to them, come and, and follow after me. 
Albert Schweitzer, at the end of his book on the his, historical Jesus or in quest of the historical Jesus, said this. He, meaning Jesus, comes to us as one unknown, without a name, as of old, by the lakeside. He came to those who knew him not. He speaks to us the same word, follow thou me, and sets us to the task which he will, which he has to fulfill for our time. He commands, and to those who obey him, whether they be wise or simple, he will reveal himself in the toil, the conflicts, the sufferings, which they shall pass through in his fellowship. And as an ineffable mystery, they shall learn in their own experience who he is. In some ways, I think this is what Paul was referring to when he said that we work out our own salvation. That is, we come to know who this one is that we have been called to follow. It's bold action to follow him, and we see that both or all four of these leave what they're doing and follow. You know, Jesus didn't say to them, Peter, Andrew, do you believe in me? He said, follow me. That's all he said, follow me. And they dropped what they were doing and left. Therein is a bold action in that response. It is a gift for us, both in what Jesus did, but also what he invites us to do, and that is to also take a bold step, one that is different than we've maybe, or where we've stepped before, because we too need to let go of our nets, all of them, not just some of them, and hold on with one hand, what Jesus did and what he shows about the disciples is they left what they were doing and they focused on what was ahead. They learned from what they had done, they focused on what was on ahead, and they left those things behind. When we drop our nets, put them down, let them go, not drag them with us, we also have an opportunity to do exactly what the disciples did. For we can do even as Jesus did, teaching, proclaiming, healing. When we proclaim our faith, we declare the values that we have as an individual and we collectively have as a church. We proclaim our faith when we declare our values, that our values are not the same as the world's values that we're not ruled by money or success or prestige, that we resist violence and greed and exploitation. We heal when we take care of another in times of sickness, grief, or trouble. And we heal when we pray for others. We don't always know what will happen, but we know this, that if we follow, the results will be left up to the one who brings about those results. All God does or all Jesus asks of us is to drop our nets and follow. Whatever it is, just follow. And in so doing, we will let our light shine into the darkness too. I think it's safe to say that the Lord doesn't require or ask of everyone to leave everything behind, that is, to become a 
basically a person who is um, living a monastic life, perhaps, but rather one who still understands that those things can have no hold on me if I'm going to follow. In Scotland and England, when missionaries were received the gospel and they began to follow, they knew they would never return home. Just like Jesus knew he would never go back to Nazareth. That was no longer his home. He had a new home and he had left that one behind. I think there's much in this for us today as we think about where we are individually. There's plenty of places that we can take some bold action personally. There are things that we need to do in our own lives to be actively involved in some aspect of the community around us. As we've talked about, to make a, a strong statement about how we value justice, how we value the every individual, the quality of all people. The sense that we are God's instruments of love and mercy and grace. We do it individually and we do it collectively. And we're called to follow daily. There's much for what us as a congregation to do. There's much for us to embrace as we think about the world around us and the difficulties that we see people facing. There's much for us to do in our own way to erase all of the injustice, to see justice in its true form, to know that no one should be discriminated against, and certainly not here in a church. We are God's people, called to be God's family, called to be a light that is shining on a hill, one that will radiate and provide the light in dark places, light that illuminates, clarifies, and shows us that which is not worthy of God's presence or time. And we are to, to work toward that end, to be faithful and diligent in those efforts. So for you, what net do you need to drop? Or what nets do you need to drop? What do you need to let go? What's holding you back? What's holding us back? What do you think God is calling you to do today? To put down your net for sure. To follow. And not to pick the net back up again as you start journeying and following him. We're called to be God's people. And so today as we think about our discipleship, our following him, hopefully we will remember that his grace and mercy has led us to this place. He has blessed us immensely and he has done so that we might bless others as we're given the opportunity. Let's pray together, please. Oh, Lord, may we remember that it is by your grace and mercy that we're called your children. We pray, oh, Lord, that you would help us see how we might walk closer to you, how we might live daily in a way that is 
pleasing unto you, but also that shines light in the dark places too. Help us, O Lord, to be your instrument, your instrument of love, of healing, your instrument of teaching, your instrument of encouragement and hope, and your instrument of peace. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Today as we sing our closing hymn, I'll be here at the front to welcome you. If there are those of you who have a decision or have made a decision, I'll be here to receive you if you want to become a member here at Southside or if you desire to uh, have, if you have a prayer uh, request or if you've chosen today, I'm going to put my nets down and follow. Then I'll be here as we sing together. Heavenly Father, we ask you to give us gratitude for the past, the past with all its blessings. We pray that you'll give us courage for the present to face the challenges of today. We pray for hope for the future, hope that the best is yet to be. As we give our offerings, we pray that you can use them for the greatest good for our church, our community, our country, and our world. Amen.
I think that uh, this fell off. <laughs> Will that cause a problem? <laughs> well, let me welcome all of our guests today, those of you who are visiting with us and members alike, and let uh, also ask you to stay long enough that we can meet you and greet you there in the narthex. We have some lemonade and cookies there, and we'd be uh, love to be able to talk to you for just a few minutes there and find out a little bit about who you are. Uh, today, this week, we have our usual activities of, um, except for Monday, we have our deacons meeting, so that's a deviation from that normal weekly activities. But then on Wednesday, we have our Wednesday night fellowship supper and Bible study. And then on Thursday, the noonday Bible study, and followed by the contemplative service at 5:30. So I hope you'll be able to come and be a part of that. We're uh, happy that one of our semi-invalids is here today, who's on her way back, Cheryl. And uh, we look forward to you being able to be back up and about very soon and not on the walker. So we're glad you're here today. It's great to see you. As we go out, would you receive the benediction? And now may the love of God our Father, the grace of Christ our Savior, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen.